Well, I'm glad that's over, both for the basketball game and the Ryan Williams recruitment. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. I don't know if this is going to count as an actual episode yet or not. I haven't decided about that. My my mind is swimming again. It really feels like uh, after the Gravedigger game a little bit, um, I could barely watch a lot of this basketball game. Jimmy, Alabama wins 79 to 75. um, Or no, yeah, 79-75 was the final. And uh, the line was three and a half. Yeah, and that, so that last three that last basket. Three. Yeah, but it didn't count. So it people that gambled on the game had a vested interest in whether that three was counted. They waved it off, and I don't think they went to the uh, the monitor. And why would you? You know, in that situation, I'm sure all the gamblers, a lot of the gamblers, would have wanted them too. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, but wow, what a win for Alabama! Um, and, and you know, let's. Alabama deserved the win. I think they they played really hard. I got to give Grant Nelson a lot of props. He played his tail off, especially late. Um, I'm seeing him get a lot of grief on message boards and and on social media. And I'm like, guys, just give the man a little time. He's coming into his own. He's playing so much better. And he played. I mean, we needed him in the late, especially late in the second half, and especially after that just horrific foul call on the three-pointer that wasn't a foul. If anything, it should have been an offensive foul uh, by yeah. the letter of the law. And it was just a terrible call. And I didn't want to see the game slip away from Alabama because of that, because then that's the only thing you remember. And I don't think that this game was poorly officiated or anything. I think that just happened to be a bad call. But luckily, Alabama was able to survive. And look, give Alabama a lot of credit, too, in the sense that uh, Auburn had a chance to tie the game with free throws. And uh, Chad Baker, he made (laughs) two of the three. And um, then, you know, he missed the third. But Alabama had a shot to essentially ice the game twice. And they did. Jalen Williams for Auburn also had a chance to uh, to cut it down to one, and he made one of two. This is an 80% free throw shooter. So Alabama at home was able to get it done. And um, look, here's the deal. I, we can now go one and one with Auburn. It gives us some wiggle room. You know, get losing to both of them to Auburn would be a tough pill to swallow for fans, and it'd also be tough on the uh, – on the – the committee's eyes, I'm sure, because this this is our best win. Let's, that is, there's no doubt about that. So uh, to get this win was just absolutely huge. We're going to get to the Ryan Williams news, I promise you. Um, but, man, this this was such a win. We need to savor this. Well, what strikes me, a lot of things, but, but uh, that was Alabama. This is a whopping fifth game against a top-10 team. That's the fifth time this season, and I might be missing one, but I believe – that is the fifth time Alabama has played a game against an opponent who was ranked in the top 10 at the time of the game. That is nuts. I mean, who else has done that? Probably nobody. Uh, but, you know, uh, unfortunately, or now we can say fortunately, uh, they finally won one. Uh, they had 0-4 because uh, you lose to Tennessee. You lose to Purdue. You lose to Creighton. You lose to Arizona. Uh, but you do get it done at home uh, against a really good Auburn team. That, that Auburn team, we, we, we had – talked about how good they were the last couple of days, you and I, Luke. Uh, 
I thought Auburn, you know, lived up to the billing. Really talented bunch. I mean, they have so many guys that can hurt you. You know, it's like they have a good team uh, of, of dangerous guys. Alabama uh, it was obviously a good team. You don't beat Auburn if you're not, uh, and, and you wouldn't have the, the analytics that Alabama has if they're not good. But uh, Alabama can kind of get carried by Mark Sears uh, tonight, Rylan Griffin uh, down the stretch, Grant Nelson. Uh, for Alabama to, to hit on all cylinders, I don't know that we've seen that. And by that, I mean, you know, it seems like every night in there's two guys, there's three guys, uh, but but you can't get everybody going, you know, all at once. Um, great, great games by Grant Nelson down the stretch. And again, like Luke said, so true. Anybody that's hard on Grant, did did Grant himself, uh, quote, overhype his game? No, no, no. That's that's no, adults. That we did that. We did that. Blame, blame me and Luke. Blame, blame, blame the other members of the media like me and Luke. Blame the basketball savants out there. Uh, it's not Grant's fault. Uh, he and does anybody not think he he doesn't play his butt off out there? I mean, Grant busts his butt. Uh, now I think what Grant is suffering from a little bit is, you know, he's finally playing in a league where everyone is an insane athlete. Everyone is tall and long and fast and quick and skilled. And he just didn't see that in the horizon league or whatever he's in. So uh, I, I think Grant just struggling to catch up uh, with the speed of the game. And uh, Hey, you know, I, I tell this, people need to keep this in mind too about football because the transfer portal dominates college sports, right? I mean, look at Alabama with, with Grant Nelson, Latrell Reitzel, Aaron Estrada, all these guys in from the portal, usually from smaller schools. Um, look, what, what we have to, to realize is that there is an adjustment period for these guys. Not all of your answers uh, are, are in the portal. Uh, it's not like these guys aren't all ready-made uh, to come in and be significant, put me, uh, you know, I'll put the team on, on, on my back kind of guys. There, there is an adjustment period that, uh, that all of these guys need to make. And uh, I think by the end of this year, by March, you're going to be seeing a different Grant Nelson in terms of a score. But I, I love the effort. I love the attitude. And, uh, gosh, Mark Sears is just the heart and soul of this basketball team. And his improvement from, from last year to this year, unbelievable. Unbelievable what Mark Sears has done. Alabama doesn't win tonight without Mark Sears. Alabama isn't where they are without we Mark got Sears. four fewer wins without Mark Sears I, I mean I'm pulling them out of oh, my head slam dunk slam dunk slam dunk that's true and maybe more yeah now um I, I Ben and Travis chimed in and said you were right about Vegas I assume they're talking to me because what I said on the podcast earlier today before the game now I'm probably gonna put this out for first thing in the morning but people who are watching it live more power to you you're getting to see it early edition but um so what I said was, look, I, to me, you look at the look at the two teams, you look at how um, experienced Auburn is, and you look at uh, how rough and tumble they play. And I thought, again, I thought the refs called – they didn't call it too ticky-tack. They didn't call it too – let it get too physical. I thought they did a pretty good game. Um, called a pretty good game except for that final foul call, which was just stupid. That's just a ref just making a call with something he didn't see. But um, – my point was what I said was, look, all the signs point to Auburn winning this game for me, but Vegas is making Alabama a three and a half point favorite. There's something there. If a line seems that out of whack to you, 
Um, and it's not like it's just out of whack to me. And I'm I'm not an, an experienced guy with gambling. I wouldn't say, yeah, I would say I'm an experienced gambler. I'm an experienced bad gambler, but I'm an experienced gambler. Um, so, and when I saw that, I thought something just is off with that. And um, yeah, it, it, it ended up being right on the number. That's kind of bananas. It really is. Uh, but hey, it's very, very, very difficult to win on the road in this league. I thought South Carolina showed that last night with their home win over Kentucky. Uh, Auburn found out tonight. Auburn's good. They're going to out-talent, out-athlete a lot of teams that they play, uh, but they did not out-talent and out-athlete Alabama this night. Uh, it's just hard to win on the road uh, in this league. And uh, that, that was what was demonstrated by by the Tide tonight. Great free throw shooting down the stretch. Uh, Ryla Griffin, unbelievable first half. Built that big lead. That big lead was why Alabama was able to hang on at the end. They built a hill that was just a little too much for Auburn to overcome. Auburn came all the way back to tie. I think they even had a one-point lead a time or two in the second half. But they had to expend so much energy uh, early in the half. But, boy, what a great environment. What a great intense. That game was intense. There was a – I would say a March feel to that. But, Luke, that's inaccurate because in March, in March Madness – those games are all on a neutral floor. Yeah. You don't you don't get that type of intensity except for home court games. So that was sort of beyond what you see in March in terms no, of the, the the atmosphere. But the yep. intensity was very March madness and hey, it's a preview because you're going to see both of those teams uh in the NCAA tournament and uh both of those teams will have the chance to not only make the tournament Luke but make the tournament and advance. Uh, I don't think either team is going to be an easy uh, out uh, for anyone, uh, particularly, like I said, late in the year. I think Alabama's transfers, Grant Nelson and Aaron Estrada in particular, uh, they're going to be slightly better in March after they've had more time to adjust to the rough and tumble SEC. Yeah, and we got a, we got nothing out of Estrada tonight. I mean, he just yeah, – Zero. Don't have nothing. He 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 over five, over two from beyond the arc. He got uh three total rebounds and two assists, but he just wasn't on his game. And again, hey, kudos to instead of dogging Aaron Estrada, I think what we and, and Nick Pringle, I see some folks on here saying, you know, Pringle needs to chill on the fouls. And that's a hundred percent true. And I also see Keith Jones says Nelson has to use so much energy on defense due to Pringle and Wagee being so bad that he has no legs for offense. I think you, I, I would have changed that sentence and said, yes, he does have to expend a lot of energy. But what I'm also going to say is th- th- I'm seeing guys pick up the slack for other guys. I don't think Wagee and Pringle are bad players. I don't. I think that they need some more time on the court. And maybe if Grant Nelson can come around, it'll give them time to come around. Jimmy, uh going to tell everybody now about eBay Motors. We all love eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered, baby. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Motors guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time of your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, you're not burning cash. Come on now. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your ride or die into the MVP and bring home that big old win. So keep your car live at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to you as customers. Feel like we're we're not giving this basketball win enough of our time, but we try to keep these podcasts to about thirty minutes. So I'm going to flip over to Ryan Williams now, and we might talk more about the basketball game a little bit later because I'm I'm going to be on a high for this game. I'm telling you, man, I'm so proud of those guys. This is a fun team to watch right now. I was scared out of my wits, um, and the anxiety during that whole game was driving me nuts. But you know, the anxiety of Ryan Williams' commitment was driving me nuts, and we got some. You know, there were some hints all throughout the day, like something's going to happen. Now, you know, I think initially a lot of people were like, maybe Ryan Williams will commit at the basketball game. I'm not sure legally he could. I mean, I guess he could stand up in the crowd if he were a spectator yeah. and say, I'm committed to Alabama. But we yeah, could spot him out on the court um, yeah. and say, son, tell him where you're going. That's not going to work. <laughs> Um, but he just made his commitment to Alabama. He just, and it sounds like he's not going to take that Auburn visit. He's not going to take that Texas visit. This is where he wants to be huge monster win for Kalen DeBoer. I mean, just, and, and look, everybody can say, well, he already had a leg up because he was already committed. No, he decommitted. In fact, I would say he was behind the eight ball. Jeffrey Lee, an Auburn moderator had him at a 65% chance to still go to Auburn earlier uh, Wednesday. So no, it was not a lock at all. He was going to go to Alabama. And um, I feel like this is just the first of many surprise commitments that we're going to see Kalen DeBoer and this staff really put together some cool stuff here. Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan's commitment in terms of what it means is it can't be understated. I think comparisons to the Julio Jones commitment to Nick Saban in February of 2008 are applicable. Uh, I'm not saying it's apples to apples. It's not. But I, I think the comparison makes a good point about how impactful this is. To me, it's like Kalen DeBoer announcing to the whole country, hey, y'all think Alabama's over? Y'all think Alabama's dead? See, I think the whole country, Luke, the whole country has been waiting on Nick Saban to retire. The whole country has been like, we're dying of Alabama fatigue. We're sick of seeing Alabama in all these playoffs. Eight out of 10 years, we're sick of it. We're sick of Alabama always number one. We're sick of Alabama getting every break. And that's because Alabama won those breaks. They earned them. Um, We're sick of it all. We can't wait for Nick Saban to retire because when Nick Saban retires, Alabama's going to go back down to earth There'll be just another SEC team, and that's it. it. It'll be over. The Alabama run will be over, and we don't have to deal with these Crimson Tide people every single postseason, and it's done. Jimmy, well, let me cut you off real quick because I do want to say that we we love to appreciate our listeners. I'm going to let you get back. Logan Miner says, just got through going to the game, and I'm listening to this while I'm in postgame traffic. Hey, kudos to you, Logan. We appreciate you, bro. But yeah. go ahead, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and thanks for anybody that attended the game, created that, helped create that fantastic atmosphere. If you also don't know, ESPN was bragging on the atmosphere the entire game. Um, but what I'm saying is Ryan Ryan committing in Kalen DeBoer, that's sending a message to the country that Alabama's not done. Well, our run is not over, that Alabama uh, signing five-star freak, great future first-round pick athletes, that's not over. 
It's continuing. It's going to look a little different, but it's continuing. And and, and that's the message. And gosh, there's so much, Alvin. And, and this is related to me. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh took the Chargers job. Uh, Michigan's going to promote Sharon Moore uh, to be their new head coach. Um, look, I think it's Alabama related in this way. There is this perception nationally that when Nick Saban retired, Alabama's roster was decimated by transfers and the lineup was forever altered and Alabama's dead because Saban retired and all the players left. Therefore, Michigan trying to avoid what happened to Alabama is going to promote from within strictly for roster retention because they're like, we don't want to happen what happened to Alabama. Well, guess what, world? Nothing really happened to Alabama. Nothing did. Alabama's death was grossly exaggerated. Yes, losing Caleb Downs hurts. Yes, losing Bond, losing Proctor. Those three in particular hurt. That's it. That's it. Nick Saban left the cupboard full. Alabama has a couple of holes to patch that they can address in the spring portal. And you're not going to sign a Downs. You're not going to sign a Proctor, probably not. In the, in the spring portal, but Alabama's demise has been greatly exaggerated. And Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Williams reminded America of that today. And I think Michigan promoting Sharon Moore is a response to an Alabama thing that wasn't even really a thing. Uh, thanks to Nick Saban and the shape he left the program in when he left. Uh, Alabama can survive Downs and Bond and Proctor leaving. Alabama can survive. They can even thrive. So, uh, uh, that that that's what comes to mind for me. How impactful the Ryan Williams commitment is in terms of what it says to the whole country about uh, hey the, the the parade of five stars to Alabama. Uh, it's not over. You know what? As you were saying all that, that you know we lose Downs and Brockter and Bonds, and all that's true. And and that people equate that to Alabama's demise. If you told me, okay, you can have Bonds or Downs or Proctor back, or you can have Will Reichert back, who's just graduating, I'd take Will Reichert, who we were losing anyway, because I feel like he's automatic points, you know. Right. Um, and so my point is that you you're always going to have turnover in college football anyway. I know the transfer portal makes it different, and but I mean, getting Ryan Williams that cures some ills for me, boys. I don't know about and girls. I don't know about y'all. I mean, it. Yeah. it it makes me – I'm so relieved by that, and um, we're going to talk some more about it right after this. So I said earlier on the podcast before the, the pre-Iron Bowl of basketball game that I hate playing Auburn in anything because it's just – it's nothing but anxiety for me. I mean, I don't even – the wins, I just feel like, thank God that's done. And the and the losses I take too hard. I'm not that way with any other team. I'm really not. I mean, I like I was thinking today, like when I watched the Creighton game, I wasn't like pulling my shirt over my eyes or like changing the channel channel during a key moment because I was like, I can't stand watching this. I was doing that during the Iron Bowl. I'm a 51-year-old grown man with four children doing this stupid stuff. But that and then I also had the thought while I was doing that, I was like, but that's that's why I do a podcast, because I, I you have to have that feeling. If you don't have that feeling about the team, your podcast or the thing you're podcasting about, you shouldn't be podcasting about it. I mean, that's yeah. the way I look at it. We're like the true crime podcasters, but our uh, serial murders are Alabama sports. That is so true. And uh, I don't know if you're watching the new True Detective, but uh, 
It's like the, the all those bodies are frozen in ice and this just amalgam of naked scientists. And I felt like one of those naked scientists frozen in the Arctic Circle uh, during that wow. whole Auburn game. So, wow. wow, that's too much. You hadn't seen the show, I that's guess. Too much. I have. I actually, well, I saw, I mean, no one cares. I saw the first episode, had to go out of town. Uh, I will watch the second episode tomorrow. So uh, I, I there's a big that. ball of naked scientists. I'm, I saw I them at the end of the first episode. I, I didn't realize they were naked under the ice. Although, yay, I've got that to look forward to when when that God falls. <laughs> you know what, you, Jimmy? I just didn't realized. I just I put up this. I I thought I put up the right little uh, overlay thing. I didn't put up the right overlay thing. Hang on, let me try. You you talk. So okay. why don't you tell us about? Is there anybody on Michigan? Yeah. That, that you feel like I, now I've got the right one up, don't I? Yeah, uh, Will Johnson, the cornerback, and Miles Graham, the defensive lineman, they are the plums on Michigan's roster. Everyone's going to want to uh, pluck those guys away from Ann Arbor. Uh, I know Alabama would love to have them, but a couple things. Everyone else is going to want them. Number two, that means they're going to be very expensive in Iowa's. And number three, uh, uh, Michigan's promoting from within Sharon Moore to specifically head off the uh, raid of their roster. So there's no guarantee that Will Johnson and Miles Graham are going to leave anyway. Uh, so I don't think any Alabama fan should just start writing their names into the lineup. Uh, there could be some depth guys. Let's remember Alabama, uh, what they're really missing. Yeah. There's a couple of starters. They could use an offensive tackle. They could use a corner. They could use a safety uh, starters, but what Alabama really could use is some depth because attrition, the 28 guys that left 20 of whom left, before Nick Saban uh, retired. Um, and that robbed Alabama of their depth at defensive back and inside linebacker in particular. So Alabama does need some depth guys there. And you don't really go to the portal to sign a bunch of second and 13 guys, but Alabama sort of needs to because uh, you're short. You're short at DB. You're short uh, at inside linebacker. You're a little short offensive line. So uh, Alabama might address that through the spring portal, might address it now. And uh, who knows, if they don't promote Sharon Moore, they could end up hiring, uh, you know, a coach from another program that could set off a chain reaction of uh, of uh, rosters you could pillage. But, no, my expectation is that they promote Sharon Moore. That will – it doesn't matter they're promoting within Luke. It still opens the portal for 30 days, and Michigan will be subject to losing players. But uh, I do think they're they're promoting him for a reason, and they feel that by promoting him they will largely keep that roster intact. Yeah, and again, uh, on a text chain we're on, we all agree that's very short-sighted thinking. Really, I mean, is. it is. I mean, now look, let me get say this in Michigan's defense. I don't know who's out there that they can say we know this guy's better that we and we can get him. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they know, I mean, may, there would most people will probably agree that Brian Kelly is probably a better coach, but can you get him away from LSU? Right. Um, and sort of joked about it. But so if if that's the case, then I get where Michigan's going. And it sort of sucks for them that Jim Harbaugh leaves, leaves this late in the season when the pool to choose from isn't that great. But, you know, because uh, honestly, if he had left two days before Nick Saban, which wouldn't have made sense because uh, they just came off we playing for a national championship. Right. But if he had, or, or maybe if Alabama had beaten Michigan, maybe – Yeah, hold up. Yeah, did uh, I lose you? 
It froze just for for like two seconds. You're good, oh, what you're I'm saying time. is, uh, he Jones says, "Hey Jimmy, if you didn't hear me, I said there's a big ball of naked scientists." Yeah, I did say that. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> the way it is. Um, but no, if if Michigan, let's say Bama, here's the. I might not watch episode two now. Come to think of it, you're or you might watch it extra close. Um, and you do see some stuff you probably were like, I'm not sure we should have seen that. And you and I did wonder last night when the big ball of naked scientists were and they're frozen yeah. and they thaw them out. Right. And they thaw them out. And it looks like some of them are sort of like, in a some like stuffed animals and they're naked and you see everything. And I'm like, I wonder if that's a real person or if they got like a mannequin or something. Like if it's a real person to sit there that frozen naked. How do you do that and not laugh? But that has nothing to do with Ryan Williams. I don't think. I don't, <laughs> um, think. I don't think it does. But um, uh, what I was going to say was, if Bama had beaten Michigan, here's how weird the world is. If Bama beats Michigan and goes on to play for a national championship, which we all would have loved, I would say maybe there's a good chance that um, Kalen DeBoer's at Michigan. Because yeah. if you know what That's I mean, the rumor, the rumor, the hot rumor, and, and it's, it's not just us. The hot rumor had been. Had Kalen DeBoer still been available, that's who Michigan would have targeted. And DeBoer was, was certainly would have been interested in that Michigan job, of course. But, hey, Alabama made that uh, elementary. By, he wasn't available. Uh, hey, and here's one more point about the Shrem Moore, about, you know, hiring him for roster retention purposes. Hey, everybody listening, think about this. What if, what if I told you this? Because I know y'all are all upset when this happened. What if I told you, okay, Caleb Downs didn't leave. Caden Proctor didn't leave. Julian Sand didn't leave. Isaiah Bond didn't leave. They all stayed. But your head coach is not Kalen DeBoer. It's Tommy Reese. Would you take that trade? See, I wouldn't. I absolutely yeah. wouldn't. I'd take Kalen DeBoer and those guys gone. I would take Kalen DeBoer, those guys, plus other guys gone that didn't leave, thankfully. But my point being, that to me perfectly illustrates the point. Do not make a hire based on roster retention. You hire the best guy possible because the next five years matters a whole lot more than the next season. And you can replace guys in the portal. Uh, there's a spring portal coming up. So uh, no way should any school, and I'm glad that my school did not, uh, you don't make a decision based on roster retention. What happens, happens, but you hire the best guy. And that's well, not what only that, did. Jimmy, we've, we've been down this road. I remember, sadly, like it was yesterday, although it was a long time ago, when Mike DeBose went up to that podium after a, a this is how long ago it was. It was a giant fax campaign to keep him. <laughs> Can you imagine now a fax campaign to keep somebody? I don't even know. People would be like, I don't even know how to fax. Somebody asked me the other day at our office, my brother, who owns part of the company with me and my father, and he said, what's our fax number again? I'm like, why do you want to know that? Like, <laughs> nobody does that anymore. We have one, but it's more like for a machine museum than it is actual office use. Be but hilarious anyway. if everybody faxed in, hey, so-and-so should be the head coach, and Greg Byrne never got it because the fax machine is in a closet, and uh, he just hired some other guy. And then one day they open up the closet, and there's like 7,500 faxes in there going, we want you to hire Freddie Roach. Uh, but he, uh, the facts campaign to hire Mike Dubose yep. and it worked, but I'll never forget. I'm, I'm at my office at, at the time and I was trying to drive over my grandparents' house because they were close to my office and they had a TV. 
and I was going to go see the press conference. And when I got there and I saw Mike DuBose and his shirt was all askew and his, you know, like his stomach was sort of hanging over the belt and it looked like he looked sort of like Matt Foley's friend. Like he didn't live in a van down by the river, but he knew Matt Foley pretty well. And um, I was like, this, we might've made a horrible mistake. Boy, if you don't appreciate Greg Byrne, how about that? You know, I think uh, it's the way back machine. I don't remember, but I believe if we had not hired Mike Dubose in terms of the coach that was being targeted by the AD at the time, I'm pretty sure was Frank Beamer. Can you, and I'm not saying Frank Beamer would have won multiple national championships at Alabama, though maybe he could have. He's certainly a high quality coach and a good person. But uh, can you imagine that the AD is like, yeah, I think the right thing to do is hire Frank Beamer, but the fans want this defensive line coach. And I better listen to them. I better listen to them. You know, it's it's just like Gene Stallings who, who, who said it. He said it better than anybody else. He's like, you know, in the, the, these jobs, you know, if you listen to the fans, soon enough you'll be sitting up there with them. That was brilliant. And yeah. I'll tell you, just like the Greg Berna story I've told before is that uh, a friend of mine who, you know, got some contacts, he he called Greg, he, close enough to be able to have Greg's number. He called Greg and said, look, I've, I've made a few calls we can get Rick Pitino if we want him. And Greg said, Hey buddy, I'm just walking out of the office of the guy I just hired to be our basketball coach. That guy happened to be Nate Oates. And again, coming full circle now, as we wrap up, you know, we, we, none of us that are on this chat probably like, or on this podcast, like Auburn very much. I know I don't, I know you don't Jimmy, but, um, I'm going to give props and respect. These are the best two pro- basketball programs in the SEC right now. Say what you want. Say it's, okay, it's a short window, short time period, whatever. I'd say over the last five years, these are the best two programs. You want to put Tennessee in the bunch? Fine. I, I can buy that. But I would still put Alabama and Auburn ahead of those two. Alabama's won two championships on the regular side in the in the tournament. Auburn's made a Final Four run in that period. They've uh, won the uh, SEC and, you know, they're always in the mix. And uh, we the two best programs – uh, boy, I hope I'm saying – Ross has night? Am I saying that right? I hope – I don't know. Um, but uh, he says, I hate Auburn. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. But I am old enough now to be able to say – I do respect the basketball program. They they're do. good when they're good. You got to. I mean, you're you're too far gone in the woods. You can't watch a team and tell if they're good or not. I mean, yeah. Auburn's good. They're they got dudes, man. Uh, I, I'm, you know, Broom, uh, man, uh, Katie Johnson. Uh, they're 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 just their depth of weapons. Great. <laughs> so I just saw this. I'm trying to read comments as you're talking. Sam says, how the heck does Jimmy get his hair to stand up like that? And then uh, Michael... Michael, I watch a scary show like True Detective with a bunch of naked scientists and a ball in the ice, and it scares the heck out of me, and my hair stands straight up. Or you watch an Iron Bowl of basketball. But Michael Nosestock says, Sam, you see that movie, Something About Mary? (laughs) I've seen it. Makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I've seen it. it. Oh, now I know. He's talking about the hair. Yeah, that's what, what my hair stands for. Did you straight. think he was talking about? I, I was did you think he was, was calling you Franks and Beans? Uh, I, I was thinking he was just asking us if we'd seen that movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. 
<laughs> you think I was just putting a random comment up after that one? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, yeah, I've seen it. No, uh, actually, uh, yeah, my my stylist uh, sometimes does this to my hair right as I right as I get on online here with you good people. Normally, if you see me in public, my hair will look my hair sort of looks like this on the podcast only. His uh his his style is doing his beautiful and lovely and talented wife, uh, <laughs> Kelly. Uh, Mr. Knight, I, I keep wanting to say bra size Knight, but because it's spelled like bra size, okay. is that what it, which I dig. I mean, I don't know if that's I don't I don't know if I'm saying it right, but uh, he says I hate Auburn colors and their food. I mean, I'm I'm with you. And their food. I, I don't. I, I kind of they actually do have some pretty good restaurants there. I live I, I work close enough there to be, and my brother lives in Auburn. Big Alabama fan, but he lives in Auburn. I've actually only been on Auburn's campus three times ever, and I'm not saying this because I avoid there's one sort of Alabama thing to say. It's just sort of weird almost to me that I haven't been there more often. But I think I've only been on their campus three times. It's Never breezy. been to an Alabama Auburn game there. It's breezy. Okay, it's breezy. All right, he just pronounced thank you, and I'm sorry I mispronounced it. But I mean, there is something cool about just saying bra size night. I dig that. I mean, I just think that's awesome. Breezy, I'm going with that. And you have been a, a gentleman and a scholar, sir, because he has been encouraging folks to subscribe and like and oh, I just you. appreciate it. Man, you guys are, uh, he said, I don't drive through Auburn. I go around. I, man, look, you, you're preaching to the choir here, bro. I'm telling <laughs> look, in the, in the Sack Brody game, I went to the game and after, um, after the first, Three minutes of the game, and I realized we weren't going to win. I looked at my brother and said, "You want to go?" He said, "Yeah," and we left. We went right back to Ellick City. My mom called me halfway and said, "Will y'all please get me out of this stadium?" She was there too. And we said, like, "We're already halfway home. We can't do anything for you." So she had to trudge through the rest of it. Anyway, she had to walk. She had to walk back. Thanks, guys. Thanks, sons. I have to walk back now. She, you know, she needed to walk a little bit. No, I'm teasing. Mom's great. Uh, all right. Love you guys. Love you guys so much. So much easier to say I love you guys now. I mean, I'm loving everybody right now. I feel like that's a pretty good night. You beat top 10 Auburn in a, in a critical, intense, fun manner in the same night you sign, you're, you get a commitment from Ryan Williams. Pretty good day. Yeah. Pretty good day. I, I feel like I've had one of those gummies you see advertised all over YouTube now. Like where the woman comes in, she takes the in the mood gummy and the guy took the I'm going to sleep gummy. But then later on, they're both taking the I want to feel good gummy. I, I hadn't done a lot of gummies like that, but and all, all my gummies are just I'm those not doing gummies. I'm ones you get. I'm afraid I'd day. wake up in the ice. I'm afraid I'd wake up in the ice with the scientists. <laughs> with scientists. <laughs> if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, go Watch check True out Detective. True Detective season four, episode season two. four. There is a naked ball of scientists, and they find out later that one of them's missing. I don't know where that naked scientist went, but anywho. Um, all right, guys, man, we got to bounce. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate Uh He says Damien Jeffries from Alexander City. No, he's not. Damien Jeffries is Silicaga. Yeah. B.B. Comer High School. Yeah, B.B. Comer. Yep. And it's closer. I mean, Silicaga. And, and Ellick City are like sister city. I mean, they're pretty close. I mean, I go through Silicaga twice a day, every day. So um, anyway, love you guys. Y'all are the, absolutely the best. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.